Welcome in. Welcome, welcome in. Boy, happy Wednesday. You are more than halfway through your week. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to a, another Chiefs game. Yeah, it's just a preseason, but hey, uh, at this point, you know, it's been a, it's been a long offseason in a good way in Kansas City, but you'll take all the football action, all that, all that good stuff off the field is nice, but then it just makes you want football uh to to get underway more and more so uh we're getting closer to that i am excited it's a good time uh it's been kind of a weird week for the kansas city chiefs but hey we'll roll we'll roll with it we'll talk about all of that and much more appreciate you guys downloading and listening to another episode of the chief zone hope you're all doing well so you guys are just coming into the chat i appreciate that we're broadcasting or streaming live i should say on the Facebook page and also on the YouTube channel, uh, facebook.com slash farzinvasugan, youtube.com slash at the chief zone. So big thanks to everyone who are, uh, everyone that's listening uh, and watching live on those two live streams to the chief zone. Much appreciated to all of you guys. Hope you're all having a great week. A lot of things to get into with the chiefs here. Things on the docket to discuss today. Uh, I'll give you guys some like short preseason aftermath thoughts. Um, you know, it is that first preseason game uh, out of the way. Maybe some thoughts I have. There is one like big thought I have from that first preseason game that I did not have after the game. So I'll share that. Uh, wide receiver injuries. There have been a lot of those. Though one of them have already, uh, one of those players already back on the field, which is good news. And Chris Jones continuing to do his thing with the holdout and the cryptic tweets as well as the cryptic liking of certain tweets on social media. I think that deserves a little bit of attention here because I've never put too much effort into discussing the cryptic social media behavior, but a lot of Chiefs fans seem to be unhappy about that right now. So I think we need to discuss that. Plus, I'll give you guys, you know, some uh, expectations from the second preseason game, what I would like to see in that second preseason game. All of that here on this episode of Fars, or excuse me, the Chiefs Zone. I keep saying that. I gotta I gotta stop doing that. I, I'm, I'm not used to the Chiefs Zone coming back. Uh, have done that a few times. I, I'm, I'm trying to end that streak. Uh, haven't done that yet, so uh, we'll, we'll do that next time. By the way, I do want to say apologies for those who were looking forward to Monday's podcast with Jason Dunn. Uh, we were expected to have him on. Uh, unfortunately, he had something that came up uh, last minute that he had to go take care of, which is completely understandable. Uh, so no worries there. Jason and I have been in contact, so uh, we are working on trying to have him back some other time. As a matter of fact, he actually responded to a tweet I said the other uh, that I posted the other day. Um, I shared this on social media. Uh, this week marks the 19-year anniversary of a very crazy moment in Chiefs history. <laughs> For those who may remember, that was in 2004. If you guys recall, in August of 04, probably one of the more interesting offseason signings in NFL history that didn't pan out to anything significant. But Brock Lesnar, for those who recall, Brock Lesnar was at the time an NCAA, he had already been an NCAA uh, standout wrestler and he carried his talents over to pro wrestling, was wrestling in Japan on and off for a little bit, wrestled in WWE 
So 19 years ago, uh, Brock Lesnar signed a contract with the Minnesota Vikings, which made sense because uh, I believe Minnesota is where he's from. And he decided to give the NFL a try. And part of the reasoning was he wanted to give the NFL a try sooner rather than later. He didn't want to be 40 years old and wonder uh, he didn't want to do the whole what if thing. So Brock Lesnar tried out for the Vikings. And if people recall back in the River Falls days, and I can't remember what city it was. It was not in River Falls, but the Chiefs and Vikings would always do a joint practice, which, by the way, I do need to discuss the joint practices now that I brought this up, because that is important to get into here. Um, Brock Lesnar, I guess the Chiefs allegedly cheap shotted Dante Culpepper. That was the quarterback of the Vikings at the time. So Brock Lesnar found out about that, didn't take too kindly to that. So he decided to return the favor and that chaos ensued when that happened. I posted the video on Twitter. I can't post it on, um, on uh, Facebook though. Go check it out on Twitter. It's actually a really funny clip because uh, by the way, people are talking about Lesnar suplexing someone. Lesnar did not suplex anybody. I know suplex city is like, uh, is his thing or whatever in WWE. He had never suplexed anybody then. And by the way, I don't think he had been a UFC fighter at the time. So he eventually became a UFC champion at the time. He was not a UFC champion. I don't know the exact timeline of when he went to WWE. He went to WWE in 02, but in terms of when he left, and then came back and then went to do the UFC thing. And then he's had some on and off uh, stints with the WWE. But anyway, uh, Lester did not suplex anybody. Nobody got suplexed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it, it was actually, and by the way, Jason did tweet me. The name of the person who did it. I don't have it in front of me. We'll discuss it with Jason when he comes on because I really want his perspective on what happened uh, from that day. Uh, dude, Lesser got flipped. That's like the only uh, you want to talk about suplex. No one got suplex. Lesser was the only one who got flipped. Someone from behind uh, flipped him and. Uh, that's when things got worse. Things got crazy. Uh, it's actually a really funny memory. Uh, one of the funnier memories in Chiefs history. Uh, Le Lennis, I hope I said your name correctly. He said uh, he was slamming dudes. That's why he, he didn't make it. Stewart says he left the UFC because he had a stomach issue. I don't recall that. See, I was not a UFC fan at the time, but I do re remember him retiring. That was a surprise to a lot of people um, because he... His growth in the UFC was pretty quick. It's not like CM Punk, who, you know, was a big deal in WWE, uh, but had absolutely zero experience with mixed martial arts, like real fighting. Um, obviously, CM Punk, you know, his time in the UFC just did not pan out whatsoever. Um, but I remember Brock Lesnar, you know, I mean, this dude, a, 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 a world-class wrestler, um, not someone that you would want to do real wrestling against. Um, would be probably a magnificent training partner, but yeah, uh, that's um, that whole thing was just weird. I do want to talk about these joint practices though, because word just got out that the Raiders and the Rams, I think, uh, had a joint practice and that led to a fight. Max Crosby was apparently the instigator. Shocker! Whoa, who who did not see that coming? Um, but. 
Uh, oh, weight cut gave him stomach issues. Brad saying, "Okay, I can I can understand that. Weight cutting is really it, it's 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 something that I don't have a lot of knowledge about. I'd love to maybe look into that kind of thing in detail and understand it. I mean, there are videos of fighters like damn near dying just from weight cutting. It's um, yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, but topic for another time. Uh, so yeah, Max Crosby, where was I? Yeah, he started a fight with the Rams. Shocker. If people watched quarterback on Netflix, uh, you'll see that in both meetings between the Chiefs and, and Raiders, Mahomes took issue with Max Crosby's antics, you know, trying to grab, hold on to Mahomes longer than he needs to, throwing a cheap punch late, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, maybe there's a pattern going on here because a lot of people were making fun of Mahomes saying, oh, Mahomes is just being a crybaby. Really? Is that is that is that what we think it is? Because it seems like it's happening elsewhere too. Uh, happened in this joint practice. Let me just ask this. What's the purpose of a joint practice? For Because uh, there are two reasons I can think of. One, uh, it just leads to fights. We saw this last year between the two Super Bowl uh, teams. I think it was the Bengals and the Rams that uh, had a joint practice, and that led to a, a fight at some point. Um, so, number one, they lead to fights. Number two, you have preseason games. I understand in a joint practice, maybe you can, maybe you can create scenarios that that other that you might not be able to do specifically in a preseason game where it's more controlled in your environment, but you could also do that in practice too, without a joint practice. Now I understand it's, it's better to go up against another team, but you can still work out some things in the preseason and in training camp. Um, I don't think you need a joint practice to do all that. I really don't. Um, uh, and by the way, Jason did uh, talk about the bluster thing. He talked about how uh, Dick Vermeil was not happy, which again, you know, listen, someone starts shit with you with a, with one of your teammates. You're probably going to want to get in the way and, and, and try to stop him. And that's, you know, what leads to these fights sometimes, uh, which, again, I, I, I don't think, you know, it's necessary to really go on about that. Uh, Kieran's asking, did the Chiefs have a fight today? Yeah, I don't know if they had a fight today. Uh, and I'll be honest, today's been a crazy day, so I haven't had a chance to really catch up on too much of uh, today's news. Doesn't seem like anything too significant, but I did see a couple of tweets that got a little uh, heated at times, some pushing and shoving, uh, according to members of the uh, esteemed media out there in St. Joe. So yeah, I, I believe there was some of that in training camp today, which, you know, that happens. I remember Eric Berry, I think it was his rookie year. Everyone, you know, all the things we heard about him was how uh, of a nice guy he is, how nurtured he is. And he's got this great story coming out of Tennessee. All the good guy talk about him. And he got into a fight in training camp as a rookie. I think it was with a, a running back who the Chiefs had drafted in the seventh round the year before. Um, uh, that That's what it was. So it wasn't like anything uh, too crazy. It wasn't like a, a, a punch that Travis Kelsey threw. Uh, but even then, like, I, I think Jack Cochran is like, you know, you need to chill. Um, Brad says Pat McAfee covered fights during practice. Some coaches responded, why, why are you standing there not jumping in? And Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said he wasn't ready for it, but really depends on the cause of action. Yeah, you know, it's always, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Last Chance You. Uh, the season uh, seasons three and four took place in Kansas seasons one and two took place in East Mississippi at the end of season one. Um, there was a big fight that took place with the uh, team that they covered the East Mississippi team. 
And, you know, someone from the opposing team started kicking, you know, one of the East Mississippi players and a bunch of the East Mississippi players, you know, they they all got in there trying to do something about it. The head coach wasn't happy at the time, but once he reviewed the film, he actually understood uh, why his players were standing up for their brother, their teammate who was getting kicked at the time. So, uh, you know, it's like, you know, listen, like when you spend that much time in the locker room in the weight room, all these things, you guys are, they're out there sweating and, you know, going through the, the, the sweltering heat, especially in the Midwest. It's like, man, you just develop a bond just for, just from going through things like that. So these guys do become brothers. Essentially. Uh, they get to know each other. They, and especially right now in training camp, they, they're in the dorms. Uh, some of them aren't even from here. So th this is essentially their home right now. So they spend a lot of time together, whether it's in the dorms, uh, in practice, training camp, or if they go out and get something to eat or drink, whatever it is. So that whole deal is uh, interesting to me because, you know, you, you develop that kind of bond. So, yeah, you would want to stand up for your teammate if he's uh, if someone from the opposing team is, is trying to start a fight. So. I get all that, uh, but but I don't know. Like joint practices to me, just I, I I've never understood, especially more and more. Like, yeah, sure, you have one less preseason game, but you can still do a lot in these uh, uh, training camp practices. You can still do some things in preseason games. Um, the Chiefs had a couple of opportunities to address goal line situations, something they struggle, not goal line situation, but short yardage situations, which by the way, was an area they struggled with immensely last year. Obviously it didn't hurt them in the long run because they won the Super Bowl, but uh, ultimately that kind of thing can still, um, can still, uh, it's still something you need to work on and they have opportunities for that. So those are my thoughts on the whole joint practices thing. I uh, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, short preseason aftermath thoughts. I, I already mentioned the goal line situation. Obviously, that one was with the tight end sneak. I still stand by everything I said about that. And listen, I, I'm not afraid of Patrick Mahomes going out there doing a QB sneak. The guy's bigger than most quarterbacks anyway. And besides, like there, there are a lot of other things that could, could, could put Mahomes at risk of getting hurt than a quarterback sneak. Um, the play before the tight end sneak attempt, Mahomes running for a first down. That could have that that that, that you have a higher risk of getting hurt then uh, than a quarterback sneak. But anyway, I did want to talk about Mahomes because in that game, um, the Chiefs had. I rewatched the uh, the ones on offense and defense. The defense needs to look better, uh, way better. Uh, they even got torched by Winston. Uh, but in terms of the offense, what was the what what did the what did the Chiefs want to see? What what did Andy Reid want to see from the offense in that game? Because a lot of it was kind of Clyde Edwards-Alaire heavy to a uh, kind of surprising. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, what was the purpose of having Patrick Mahomes out there? Because if we really want to talk about risking Mahomes and injury, if all you're going to do is hand off the ball to Clyde Edwards Lair a couple of times and throw the ball to him, I don't really know if there was any use uh, or, or any need to have Mahomes out there for that first preseason game. Maybe, you know, he needed to be out there just for a drive, even if it was for a short drive, just to kind of get his feet wet, get acclimated a bit. Cause it's been obviously a long off season. Um, 
you know, I say long, even though the Chiefs offseason was a little bit shorter than the other teams because they played longer. Uh, but, you know, with everything that Mahomes did this offseason, maybe it'd be nice to kind of put all that in the rearview mirror with the first preseason game with all the all the uh, VIP events uh, what, that I'm referring to. Uh, just kind of go out there, maybe get his FIFA. Maybe that was the purpose, even if it meant uh, a, a heavy Clyde Edwards layer first drive. So I can get that. Um uh, so, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just didn't know if there was any need for Mahomes to be out there. Obviously, the preseason now is different than before. If you guys remember the preseason back in when it was four preseason games, you had the first two games. It was kind of you know up to the teams what they wanted to do. Uh, usually, you would only see the starters for a drive, maybe two drives, um, for both, or maybe one of the preseason games. Then the third preseason game was always labeled as the dress rehearsal game. If you guys recalled, uh, the ones would play all the way into the third quarter. They would uh, play one drive in the third quarter, and they would come out. And I think teams just decided to go against that unwritten rule at some point. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I thought, I don't know. It's just weird. And then in the fourth preseason game, sometimes you'd see the starters, but you would only see them for like two, three, maybe four plays maximum. And they would actually change quarterbacks in the middle of the first drive. Um, some teams would not do that at all. They would just start the backups anyway in that fourth game. Now it's different because you have three games. Uh, if you don't play the hall of fame game, which is only, uh, only two teams are eligible for that. So, you go out there and you have these three preseason games, and I guess you have to manage things a little differently. Maybe the second game is going to be more of a dress rehearsal game. I don't know. I think teams are still, even like the tenured ones, like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, I think coaches are still trying to figure out how to manage these three preseason games. Because if you recall last year in the third preseason game, Patrick Mahomes did enter the field, but all he did was the choir huddle offense just to pay tribute to Len Dawson. So he didn't technically play in that game. Uh, I don't know if statistically that counts as a start for him because he was on the field for that. Um, but but neither here nor there. It's, it's not a big deal to discuss. Um, they, they were just paying tribute. Uh, the Broncos did something similar once for Demarius Thomas, but... Um, the, the 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 point I'm trying to get at is I think teams are still trying to figure out how to manage these three games because if you recall, the starters didn't really play. I, I, I think that Mahomes was taken out after they uh, paid tribute to Dawson. And then uh, the, the other starters came out shortly afterwards. So it wasn't like anything uh, too crazy. But uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Andy Reid, like, do you do you expect to see the starters a little bit more in this one? And if so, in this upcoming game, and I guess now is a good time to maybe talk about expectations for the, uh, the second preseason game. I'd like to see a little bit more effort from the ones. And I know it may not mean much because you're going up in against an Arizona Cardinals team that's projected to be the worst team in the NFL this year. So. Even then, it's like, you know what? You're going up against a bad team. Show me something still. Um, even if you don't get anything, I, there's no need to panic or overreact. But let's be honest. We would like to see something nice, right? Especially after a really poor showing from, I would say, both the offense and the defense starters. Um, now, again, that, that's not to hit the panic button at all. I want to be clear about that. But let's be honest. If we did see some good things, wouldn't we be a little excited from with the starters, I would be. I, I mean, if this if the starters could have held Derek Carr to zero points, I, I would have been I would have been thrilled about it. I would have I would have said, hey, great great start for the defense. Can't go against that. So I don't know. Uh, the preseason is such a hard deal because yeah, football. It's been a few months, uh, so your heart needs it. But 
you you want to see something good, right? That's what you want to see. Brad says protection. I think Anne Mahomes did a few protection calls at line. Guess that's what they looked at. Yeah, that was my thing too. I wanted to see how the pass protection would look, especially with the new offensive tackles, Jawan Taylor and um, and Donovan Smith. Uh, we didn't see too much of that uh, with Mahomes out there. They did build a nice little hole for him to run to. Again, I don't know if that was by design or not, but Mahomes had that little lane there where he almost got a first down, and um, we already covered the tight end sneak. No need to get into it. Uh, Brian says, Patrick, got to be careful this year because now he's a target. Yeah, I, I can understand that, Brian. Uh, when you are the best team in the NFL, you do have a big target on your on your back. Um it's kind of like in MMA, uh, you know, we were talking UFC earlier when you are at the top of your division in the UFC or when you are a UFC champion, everybody wants to fight you. Everyone's going to call you out. Everyone's going to come up with reasons as to why they think they should be the ones to get a title shot against you. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of is like that now where. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are that team where you know, look at all look at the 17 games the Chiefs are playing. Obviously, you play a couple of teams twice uh, within the, the division, but every single team the Chiefs are playing against those teams, when they look at their schedules, the Chiefs is the highlighted team on that schedule. That's the game you, you know, you have the uh, yellow highlighter or the red Sharpie, you circle, whatever it is you do. That is what you do for the Chiefs on your schedule because that is the big game. Uh, in the past, uh, the Patriots were always that big team. Uh, now for the Chiefs, it's always, you know, maybe a division rival uh, that you want to just beat up again. Obviously, teams like the Bengals and the uh, and the Bills. Uh, definitely the Jets this year with the hype they're getting. And then let's not forget, they just got Dalvin Cook. And listen, I've heard, I've heard all these things about how, you know, teams are going to have to stack nine in the box. I don't think that, I don't think teams are going to do that. Uh, but I do think teams are going to uh, put more of an effort and try to be more three-dimensional because you have to be ready for anything with this, with this Jets offense. This Jets offense is relying on a lot of newcomers. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets do early on. They might have that little struggle early on. And then in week four, by the time they play the Chiefs, they might have a better grasp at things, especially with some of these guys never playing together. I know uh, Rodgers is familiar with guys like Lazard and uh, Randall Cobb, but McCall Hardman, uh, uh, who we're familiar with, obviously, Dalvin Cook. Like a lot of these guys have not played together, so they would need to get acclimated for for a few games and um, see how things go from there. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I, I do think the Jets. Yeah, they're going to be a better team. But anyway, back to the point is, you know, th this is a team that the, the Chiefs. That is, they are the, the highlighted team on everyone else's schedule. The Chiefs are the biggest game for everyone else this year. Twice for the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. No question about it. Uh, Brad says, second game, Mahomes plays first quarter, and then the third game, TBD on how his second game looked. I agree, Brad, you know, plays the first quarter more. I think the third game, man, if you know who your starters are, so the Chiefs know that, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Pacheco, McKinnon, and not that I think we'll see Pacheco, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Creed Humphrey, Trace, but like, is there any need for any of those guys to play that third game? Because I think the third game is going to be treated like the fourth game back when there was a fourth preseason game. 
Jacob says, no, save them from injury. Let's see the wide receiver stand out defense and offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob, I get what you're saying, but I think you got to see a little bit of Mahomes. Here's my thing. I want to see Mahomes go out there and work with Justin Ross, work with Rasheed Rice and whoever else he needs to, because, you know, if you can get Mahomes to work with those wide receivers, I don't need to see Mahomes work with Marquez Valdez Scantling. I don't. I know what Mahomes and MBS are capable of together uh, by this point. They've been doing it a lot in camp. They did a little bit last year. Um, I, I don't really need to see much of that in the preseason. I don't need to see, not that we were going to because KT's injured, but I don't need to see Mahomes and KT uh, much. I need to see more of Mahomes and Sky Moore, Mahomes and Rasheed Rice, Mahomes and Justin Ross. You know, I, I need to see Mahomes kind of get acclimated with those guys in the preseason. That's kind of what the preseason is about, right? Because, yeah, you can do so much in training camp, but once you go up against another team and they give it your be their best shot, um, that'd be a, a, a better way to judge on how these offenses are kind of getting along in, in the kind of on-field chemistry they're, they're building. That's what I want to see. Uh, but again, I, I, we don't need to see too much of that. Just a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, Matthew says that Kelsey played any snaps during that first drive. I don't remember him being a target. No, he was never a target. He may have been on the field in that first drive. I don't know. Um, I know uh, there are some people in the media that put out snap counts. I didn't pay too much attention to that with the starters. Uh, but, I, but I think it's safe to just assume Kelsey played a couple of snaps. He didn't play a whole lot if he played any, uh, just like Mahomes. Mahomes only played in that first drive. Any word on Legeria Sneeze, Scott's asking? Yeah, not not sure on that, Scott. Um, I, I think they're still trying to be cautious with the... I, I think it's a knee uh, with him. Nothing major, but yeah, uh, probably take it day by day, which... You know, day-to-day, uh, day-by-day, uh, Kansas City's terminology, if you remember Eric Berry, you know, we'll see. It's bad that the Raiders' backups look good. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of depends on uh, how you view that. Um, look, it's the preseason. I remember years ago, uh, Zach Wilson, you know, people were saying, oh, look at Zach Wilson. He's throwing dimes out there. But it's the preseason. And listen, look where Zach Wilson is now. He's dealt with all that stuff last year and now he's backing up Aaron Rodgers. So um, it's so hard. Cause yeah, sure. When your team looks great in the preseason, you want to, you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy it. It's the first football you've seen in several months. Uh, but then you gotta, you know, have this moment to yourself where you calm down and remind yourself it's the preseason. So it is so hard. I, I, I struggle with that too sometimes. So the damn preseason. Uh, okay. Uh, I do want to get into these wide receiver injuries because the chiefs had three injuries in Tuesday's practice. So a bit of a little scare there with Justin Ross dealing with a calf strain and a knee injury. Uh, Amir Smith Marset also dealt with an injury. And I believe, um, there was another name, uh, I don't have in front of me. Uh, let me pull this up real quickly, guys. Bear with me. So it was Justin Ross, Amir Smith-Marset. Who was the third player, the third wide receiver? Um, oh, Nico Remigio. And by the way, I've been saying Remigio because that's what Mitch Holtis was saying. Uh, he tweeted after the preseason game. I guess he heard how his name was announced. Uh, it's Remigio. Remigio is... Um, is how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah, those guys, they, they, they did some good things in that preseason game. Uh, Justin Ross is already back at practice, uh, so that's good news. Um, 
we, you know, we'll see how they how they manage all of that. We'll obviously see this weekend. So, uh, but a little bit of a scare there with Justin Ross because yeah, he's got a little bit of an injury history. Uh, obviously, missed all of last year. He's trying to make the most of this year. Obviously, had a very special moment playing football for the first time in almost twenty one months. Went out there, scored a touchdown, and uh, a pretty special moment for him. Um, so the, hopefully the Chiefs can uh, get a little bit more from him uh, in this uh, preseason game because if he can make some strides, make some progress, then there's a chance that he might get more and more snaps. I also said this too, you know, depending on the severity of these injuries and if things like this continue with the wide receiver room, if you got an injury bug just spreading around with that position group, what if what if this meant more opportunities for Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice? Because MVS and KT are your projected starters at wide receiver. Um, but what if, you know, maybe as much as people really want to see Justin Ross, because again, he's getting all this hype and people really want to see, can he live up to that potential? Because maybe, you know, missing out on DeAndre Hopkins could become a long distant memory. If all these guys live up to expectations, KT, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, uh, Justin Ross, uh, even Richie James, who a lot of people think uh, can do much better in in this style of offense that better suits him. Uh, So, um, you know, to me, it's like, yeah, I obviously want to see all these guys, uh, but, you know. Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore are your recent second round picks. I, I keep saying this. Sky Moore was your second round pick last year, and Rasheed Rice was your second round pick this year. And, and generally, with that round, uh, the second round, you can get some quality starters from the second round. We just didn't see much of Sky Moore last year. Um, and listen, he still is not viewed as a primary starter this year, at least not yet. Uh, we'll see with KT if he is going to play for sure in week one. The Chiefs are pretty certain about it. Um, but, you know, uh, you got two second-round picks that are part of this wide receiver core. Um, how much of how much playing time do those guys get in the regular season? I think that's been, like, the biggest topic of conversation for me since the draft is you have all these wide receivers, and we also, you know, wondered, could DeAndre Hopkins get in here? Uh, how many wide receivers could the Chiefs keep i said seven i put a poll question on facebook and twitter a lot of you guys said seven as well so that seems to be the magic number in a lot of people's eyes and keep in mind the chiefs don't have a fullback anymore so you have the opportunity to put a seventh wide receiver maybe a fourth or a fifth tight end uh obviously some room opened up with jody fortson he unfortunately uh, had sh- shoulder surgery did have successful sol- shoulder surgery a bit of a tongue twister there. Uh, he did announce it on his Instagram, so that, that is good to hear. Uh, but there is uh, some room to work with. See, Jacob's asking. Uh, Bushman looked really good. Uh, looks like a good number two. Yeah, he looked really good in last year's preseason finale against the Packers. It looked like, you know, the, the, the Chiefs coaching staff were going to have a difficult decision to make for that final tight end uh, spot right there. But unfortunately, Bushman in that same game where he looked great in that same pre- last preseason game I'm referring to, uh, he suffered a bulk- broken clavicle that put him out for the rest of the year. So this is another chance for Bushman. Bushman rem- reminds me of Byron Pringle. I remember Br- Byron Pringle, I think in 2018, he had a really, really good preseason that year. But unfortunately, in the last preseason game, he got hurt. And the Chiefs obviously could not use him for uh, for that season. The following year, Byron Pringle looked good again in that preseason, and that was enough to have to get him on the fifty three man roster. And even though Pringle was not that you know number one or not even a number two, number three uh, target threat 
for the Chiefs offense, whenever the Chiefs got the ball to him, he did some good things on the field. Um, I don't know if Matt Bushman could maybe be the Byron Pringle of the tight ends where, you know, he, he's going out there doing all these things in preseason games uh, to the point where, you know, it might be enough to land him a roster spot uh, on the 53. Uh, keep in mind, unfortunately, you have the injury with um, with Jody Fortson that puts him out for the year. Um, so there is a chance for uh, for Bushman uh, for sure. Let me just say this about Jody Fortson too, because um, obviously I mentioned that he got hurt. Man, I really hope this is not the end of Jody Fortson's time in Kansas City. Um, I think we have to be aware of all possibilities when you get injured this much. Um, that that possibility might be a reality. Uh, he got hurt a couple of seasons ago, and he didn't have a lot of stats. But for a fourth string tight end, he got targeted a lot. He and he caught, you know, what was it? I think eight or nine catches. Which again, for a fourth string tight end, that's not bad at all. Uh, he was he's always been a good red zone. Uh, pass catcher or a good red zone target for Kansas City. Uh, he showed that in last year's preseason and did some of that in the regular season last year. Uh, unfortunately, you're just not going to see Jody Fortson anymore, um, it, which sucks. And listen, there's never a good time for an injury. If you get hurt early in the year, like in the preseason, like right now, or in the first couple of weeks, well, then your your entire season is down the drain. Um, if you suffer a season-ending injury in December, January, or maybe February, well, that hurts because that might impact the following season. I think that was the case with Odell Beckham Jr. as to why he didn't play uh, for a team last year, even though there was a lot of talk about him possibly signing. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It just sucks, man. You know, the, number, the number one thing you want to see in these preseason games is everyone come out healthy. But I've said this so many times, injuries are part of sports in a very unforgiving way. doesn't matter if it's a preseason, doesn't matter if it's practice, doesn't matter if it's week one. Um, you know, Eric Berry, he suffered two season-ending injuries in week one. Now, obviously, we know his battle with cancer, and that made him miss more time. Jamal Charles, he suffered early season-ending injuries twice in his career, uh, both torn ACLs. Um, so, you know, uh, that's just tough. Uh, on athletes you know you work so hard in the offseason and in training camp only to get hurt early in the season um uh, there's never a good time to get hurt there never is so that's just the uh the reality of it sometimes sometimes you got guys like tony gonzalez who hardly i i don't think he ever missed the game maybe he missed one or two uh in his entire career i don't know and by the way i'm not i'm not talking about games where uh, you know, uh, you, you rest players because you locked up a certain uh, seed or uh, kind of like the Chiefs have a couple of times where they rest their starters in the final week of the regular season. But, um, you know, I just don't recall Tony Gonzalez missing a lot of games. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who who in Kansas City has just been really good health wise? I feel like Travis Kelsey. I know he's he's exited games a couple of times with an injury. But it just feels like Kelsey's always ever. He suffered a torn ACL injury in his rookie year, missed his entire rookie campaign. But outside of that, man, Kelsey's been available all the time. I think he had COVID in 2020 or 2021. Can't remember which year it was. Um, but outside of that, Kelsey's been available the entire time. Uh, I'm trying to think. There, there are some offensive linemen. Casey Wegman, I just re remembered. That guy played. More than 10,000 consecutive snaps, uh, which I think might have been a record at his position. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't I can't think of anyone else. 
Offensive linemen generally do a good job of staying healthy, but still pretty hard because they do play a lot of snaps. They don't rotate like defensive linemen do or linebackers do. Oh, I'll never turn down the UFC question. Brad says UFC 292, Aljamain Sterling versus Shigasan O'Malley. Yes, that is going to be. I've been looking forward to this fight for quite some time. Uh, he's asking, who do I have? You have Shigasan. Yeah. Here, let me just say this. Like, I think it's going to be a great fight. But I also hate it because I really, really, really like both those guys. I've been a huge fan of Aljo for a long time. When he got his belt and had all that negative energy because of the way he won the belt, I hated that for him because he's worked so hard to get to that point. Uh, listen, he still gave uh, Piotr Jan a rematch. And then Sugar Sean, like his rise to the top, man, you got to respect the hustle with this guy. The only loss... Sean O'Malley has had, he suffered an injury in that fight in the co-main event. I can't remember who it was against. And that didn't really hurt him with his ranking status, uh, which was good. Um, Cause I like the guy. I, this is one of those fights where it's like, man, I don't want to see either guy lose. Um, who do I think is going to win? I can't go against Aljo. I can't go against Sean, Sean either, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with Aljo, man. This guy's very versatile. I know he did not show it in the first yawn fight, uh, but he was much better the second time. And obviously he did a great job against Henry Cejudo, um, TJ Dillashaw. Uh, so I think uh, I, I got to go with, um, I got to go with uh, Aljo on that one. Sneed's contract year. He'll play no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, he will. Uh, and listen, Ligerius Sneed's not a guy that is in position to demand a lot of money. Um, Chris Jones. Yeah, he kind of is whether we like it or not. Um, let me read a couple more comments and I'll get into, um, I'll get into to the, the whole Chris Jones thing. That's why I watch preseason games and see the team that we're going to play this year. And then I determine how the year is going to be completed. Byron says, fair enough. Uh, how many receivers will we open up with? Scott's asking, I say seven. That's what a lot of people think. Brad thinks Sky Moore is going to have a breakout year. Yeah, that I hope so. That'd be great for the offense for sure. Sky looked better at the end of last season. Yeah. Yeah, Randall. You know, a lot of the Chiefs rookies looked better towards the second half compared to the first. Like, George Karloftis was kind of a non-factor in the first half, though his pass deflections were nice. That's not really what you were, you're were you looking for in a pass rusher. Um, though, again, the, the pass deflections are kind of cool. Uh, but he eventually got the sack total up. Um, so that was, uh, that was good to see. Um, who else? Pacheco, I feel like was pretty good from start to finish. Yeah, sure. He got better and better as the season went on. Like that's natural, but I feel like in terms of the amount he was being used, it just feels like Pacheco was on point from the get go with the chiefs. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trent McDuffie, he missed a lot of games. Jalen Watson and Josh Williams stepped up early unexpectedly. Um, and I mentioned my, uh, concerns with the rookies last year at that position, uh, Scott's asking, where will you be watching the season open around? That is a great question, Scott. Probably in my fan cave. <laughs> Probably you're going to be right there. Uh, not, not quite sure what I'm going to order for food. Uh, anytime the Chiefs are playing on primetime or if there was like a big game on a Sunday, uh, I'll always, you know, get, get my favorites, you know, whether it's barbecue, uh, Minsky's. I mean, there are so many great pizza, so many great pizza and barbecue options in this town. I love it. Can't go wrong there. 
Uh, David says you're right. Kelsey is a B. Yeah, he's yeah he's. It just feels like he hasn't. Other than that one game where he missed because of COVID, and then I'm excluding his rookie year with the knee injury. Kelsey's been available. I feel like every single game. Yeah, I I I, I can't recall a game where Kelsey's not been available for the Chiefs. I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, you're yeah you're a huge fan of both. Also, yeah, yeah this is like one of those like the the the, the beauty of a sport like MMA or, or or boxing. You know, if you got a favorite fighter and he's going up against someone you hate, well, the beauty of the uh, beauty of that is you're to the pay per view, so you can see your favorite guy knock out the other guy. Um, I don't want to see either of these guys get knocked out for the sake of a good fight. Yeah, I kind of want to see that, but uh, I I don't want to see either of these guys lose. And here's what I'll say right now. If Aljo wins, there probably won't be a rematch. But if Sean O'Malley wins, I have a feeling the UFC will book that rematch in four seconds. Like they will, they will talk to the fighters and their representatives, or agents, or managers in the locker room after that fight. They're like, "Hey, we want the rematch. Like now, let's book it now. Let's agree to it now." Uh, obviously, that's not the way things work. What is your favorite sports bar in Kansas City? Scott's asking. That is a damn good question. Uh, Scott's asking some good questions tonight. Uh, favorite sports bars in Kansas City. You know, obviously, you got your Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what's a good restaurant? Um, it's good for, like, casual dine-in. But they've also got that sports vibe theme because they do have some TVs. And I haven't been to every location. But uh, Red Door Grill is pretty good. You know what's another really good sports bar is Johnny's Tavern. I've been to a couple different Johnny's Tavern in, ta- in KC. Um, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, they got a lot. Of, they got a shit ton of TVs. Uh, my brother and I went to a Johnny's Tavern this summer. And listen, summertime is like the worst time for sports because you've got what? Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer. And not to bash those sports. I'm really not. Um, but they're just not the most popular sports. Um, baseball, it's like, you know, it's an everyday sport to me. It's just hard to follow sometimes. So on their TVs, again, because Johnny's Tavern has so many TVs, they're putting on stuff like um, like golf and, you know, uh, high school sports and cornhole. It's like sports that no one cares about. Uh, and by the way, props to all these sports networks like ESPN and Fox Sports, CBS Sports, NBC Sports. Like, what do you put on your TVs in the summertime? Because, you know, all these sports bars have... A lot of dozens of TVs, sometimes hundreds of TVs, the, the, depending on the size of the bar. It's like, what do you put up there? Because I can think, I can think, you know, all the times I've been to Vegas during the summertime, I don't think I ever hang out in the sports book during the summertime, unless it's like during the p- part of the summer where you still have the playoffs for hockey and, and uh, basketball. But after that, it's like, what are people watching in sports books? In Vegas during the summertime. I can't think. Uh, Stewart says Johnny's is good. Yeah, Johnny's is uh, is a classic. By the way, I, I've, I, you know, I, I never understand like, oh, the pizza in this location is better. No, the uh, the ribs in this location is better. Uh, people say that a lot with like restaurants and other uh, uh, barbecue joints in town. I have been told. Uh, I've been told that the pizza in Lawrence is better for Johnny's Tavern because I guess that's the original JT. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, by the way, speaking of Lawrence, you know it's a really good restaurant to go to. I have not been in a long time. My brother and I, I have not been to Lawrence in more than a year. I, I, Lawrence is a special place to me because that's where I went to school. Um, 
I, I, I'd love to go more often. I don't get a chance to go as much as I'd like to. Um, my brother and I go uh, sometimes. Uh, but 23rd Street Brewery, that is a damn good place to go to. I don't think I've been since I've graduated. Um, that's like one of the very few good spots outside of downtown Lawrence. So uh, that, that is a place to check out. Scott's asking. I love these live streams, man. We, we get off topic sometimes. But hey, you guys are enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So why not? Um, Scott's asking, have you been to Score Sports Bar in Independence? No, I have not. I've got to be completely honest with you. Um, uh, I used to have friends, family friends from the uh, Missouri side, but you know, it's just y- you uh, get older and you lose touch uh, over time with uh, with people over the years. Um, so, you know, I used to visit the Missouri side often, like Independence and Lee Summit. I- I'm just not too familiar with that side of town um, as much. I- I've heard great things about downtown Lee Summit, uh, but I just don't know what what is good there. Uh, Stewart's asking 54th street. Isn't a bad place either. 54th street. What is that? I'm Googling this right now. 54th street in Olathe. 147. What? Where in Olathe is this? Is that the only location? Twin peaks. I've never been to a twin peaks. The only thing I, I watch, uh, the show undercover boss. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that show. Um, I remember watching that once and they did an episode of Twin Peaks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's basically a Hooters, I guess. I don't know. Llewellyn's and Lee Summit is very good and Bricks. No, they have a 54th and Liberty. Oh, okay, I'm not too familiar with Liberty. Um, okay, so I'm familiar with Llewellyn's because I used to work for uh, 610 Sports and uh, they did Llewellyn's in Overland Park. I guess Llewellyn's moved now. Actually, Llewellyn's now is Aspen's. That's the bar that dealt with the whole Jackson Mahomes thing. Fun fact. Uh, but no, um, I, I lived with, with my parents shortly after graduating from college, and that's when I was working at 610. And where my parents live in Overland Park is very close to Llewellyn's, which, again, is now Aspen's. Um, so I'm familiar with Llewellyn's before. I just know it's an Irish sports pub. Anyway, my point is, uh, I, I used to go there a couple of times to help set up for uh, pregame shows for Six Sense Sports when they did uh, Chiefs pregame. Um, but you know, for those noon games, like no one showed up, so I wasn't quite sure exactly how that was kind of working out. Um, but yeah, Llewellyn's is now in Lee Summit. Interesting, interesting. All right, we talked about uh, sports bars. Let's move on and talk about uh, the whole Chris Jones thing. This is the last thing I'm going to get into here. Um, A lot of people, I asked you guys on social media today, what are your thoughts on the whole Chris Jones cryptic tweets thing? Do any of you guys have a different opinion about Chris Jones because of the way he's behaving on social media? Obviously, he's doing it to garner some some attention and perhaps uh, drive up some discussion here. Um, listen, I'm not outraged by the cryptic tweets. I mean, do whatever you want, as long as you're not getting into trouble while you're away from the team. I don't think anyone cares about that. But, uh, you know, there are some people out there who are who are upset with the way Chris Jones is behaving on social media. And I don't know what to make of it. People have been making a big deal about Chris Jones social media activity for quite some time. I don't know if you guys recall but in Arrowhead, there was like a, there was some like barbecue event uh, earlier this summer. I think it was near the beginning of June. And Chris Jones took a selfie and tagged the Chiefs 
because um, he was he he took part in that event. He was there at Arrowhead for that. Um, anyway, anyway, he went and he took an Instagram photo on his store. He tagged the Chiefs, and people were saying, "Oh, this is great news." He's tagging the Chiefs. He thanked Brett Veach at the ESPYS. People uh, made a big deal about that. I, I don't know what to make of Chris Jones' social media activities. I really don't. Uh, do they? Do I get outraged for them? No, I don't think it's anything to be outraged about. Um, but to me, it's like you know, what are you trying to insinuate? Whenever he quotes the Kevin Yates lyrics, oh, all good things must come to an end. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you uh, are, 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 are you trying to send hints? Are you because people are even saying, you know, some people thought it meant that the, his uh, time with the Chiefs was coming to an end. Some people were saying, oh, maybe he's just referring to a summer vacation because he's not with the team right now. I don't know why you would use that as your um, as your like subtweet or whatever sub post um for those lyrics because usually when people post things like that it's usually a negative thing it's not a good thing um i don't know man uh this kind of behavior is getting a lot of comparison to tyron matthew now and a lot of people did not approve of the things tyron matthew uh talked about so i'm not sure what to make of that i i, I really don't To me, you know, what do you want to do? Because he he responded to someone on Twitter because someone on Twitter tweeted him and said, hey, we're, we're tired of these cryptic tweets. He says, look, I got time for one question. What question do you have? And they said, are you going to be with the team? Are you going to be with the team this year and beyond or something to that effect? He said, look, uh, I'm under contract this year. Let's go have fun. After that, I'm no fortune teller. I'm paraphrasing, by the way, but. Uh, you know, you're indicating that you're going to play for the Chiefs this year. And I guess from the reports we've heard, Chris Jones, he doesn't want to budge. The fact that he's continuing to rack in these 50K fines, he's he's not he's not going to budge. Neither are the Chiefs. So I don't know. I'm very eager to see the end result of all of this. I've given you my prediction. I think contract or no new contract, Chris Jones will show up. On August the 21st, that is a Monday. I've explained this before, but let me maybe explain why I'm going with that date. So tomorrow is the 17th, uh, which is is Thursday. That is the final day of training camp in St. Joe. So the Chiefs are going to pack things up. They're leaving St. Joe for good. Uh, When I say for good, I'm referring to for the rest of this year. Um, they're, they're leaving and, uh, Friday is a travel day. They're heading to Arizona for the game. Then Saturday, they play the Cardinals, uh, early Sunday or late Saturday, early Sunday morning. They come back. Sunday's going to be an off day. So Monday is going to be their first practice at their own team facilities. So my prediction is. He returns for that Monday. He, what I said was 48, 48 hours after the preseason game against the Cardinals. So if he has not been reporting, if he does not report by Tuesday morning, the 22nd, I'm concerned, folks. That is when I hit the panic button. And I think uh, the reason I think that's a significant date, number one, you return to your own team facilities. You can avoid the whole St. Joe dormitory training camp thing. But. 
if he's not there by the 21st or the 22nd, when is he going to show up? Because at some point, you got to show up and get into a football shape. I'm sure Chris Jones is staying in shape. I'm sure he's training. I'm sure he's doing his own thing. But you're not in pads. You're not in your helmet. You're not. You're you're not. Uh, you know, practicing certain drills and 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 plays with your team. You're not with your team, so you're not technically in full football shape. And in order to be ready to play the Lions on September the seventh, you got to be in football shape, and you got to be in camp for at least a couple of weeks for that first game to prepare. You cannot just show up a week before that first game. So I don't know exactly when to expect Chris Jones. If he doesn't come on the 21st or the tw- the morning of the 22nd, when the hell is he going to come? When the hell does he report? I don't know. Matthew says, I think Jones just wants to be mysterious right now just to keep everyone guessing all part of his game. Yeah, you're right, Matthew. You're probably right. But like, why? You're 29. You're not you're not a 19 year old kid in you know, just recently graduated from high school and early in college. And is trying to do the whole funny thing on social media where, you know, you have a bad day or get into a fight with your boyfriend or your girlfriend uh, or you, you have a breakup and you put these weird like subliminal messages on social media. Listen, I'm in my 30s. I'm I'm friends with grown ass adults who still like, you know, if they have a problem with their boyfriend or girlfriend or husband, wife, whatever, they put like this weird subliminal message on, uh, on social media. And I'm like, why you're not a kid. This is what kids do in high school. Um, you gotta be better about that kind of thing. Uh, Robert's asking, what could we get for him? This is a question that gets asked just about every time I do a live stream, man. I'm going to give the same answer though. Uh, it's going to be either what you got from the Jared Allen trade back in 08, which would be a first and two thirds or similar to the Tyreek Hill trade, which would be a first, a second and a bunch of third day picks. At least that's what I recall it being, uh, being, um, yeah, that's what I think it's going to be it similar to one of those two trades. Um, uh, if there's a team willing to give two first round picks, I guess that's possible. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but, uh, I don't, I, I don't know how many teams have a, t- uh, have a pair of first round picks. I don't think many of them do. It would maybe just be one or two teams. Um, so even your uh, list of candidates for uh, that would be low. But the Chiefs have made it clear they don't want to trade Chris Jones, and apparently they want Chris Jones to retire a Chief. In order to do that, you got to pay him what he wants, and if you do that, that puts you in a salary cap bind. Well, if, if that happens, you're not going to be able to retain Creed Humphrey and uh, Trey Smith, and maybe even Nick Bolton. You might be able to get one of those three only. Um, possibly none. In fact, people have been talking about this. They're saying, oh, interior offensive linemen are replaceable. Really? How are you going to replace both uh, Creed Humphrey and... um, Sounds like an earthquake here. (laughs) Maybe maybe it was. Uh, How are you going to replace Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith? Those are two guys you got in the same offseason outside of the first round. If you, uh, I I know uh, redo mock drafts are very popular uh, among uh, bloggers and media. If you do a 2021 redo mock draft, the three guys I mentioned that you might not be able to retain if you extend Chris Jones, uh, Bolton, uh, uh, 
not Tooney, uh, Humphrey and, uh, and Smith, those are all first-round picks. The Chiefs did not have a first-round pick. They traded that to get Orlando Brown. But in that draft, they got three quality first-round players outside of the first round. So, you know, do you really want to let those guys walk also? Listen, if you if you pick interior offensive lineman over Chris Jones, people think you're a terrible fan. I mean, look, you got to pick and choose. You can't keep everyone, and that's Kansas City's fault. I say that jokingly because they've just been drafting so damn well for so many years. Uh, the year they drafted Chris Jones, they also got Tyreek Hill. I know Tyreek Hill had some trouble off the field that they were unsure about, but, um, you know, you still got two quality first-round players outside of the first round. Both Tyreek Hill. Let me, let me look at the uh, 2016 uh, draft quickly. Hold on. 2016 NFL draft. Who, did the, who was the number one player? Jared Goff and Carson Wentz? Joey Bosa, okay, good. Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner, Eli Apple was the number 10 pick. Um, Larry Tunsil, okay, he's been great. Xavier Howard was uh, drafted right after Chris Jones. Okay, if you were to do a redo mock draft of the 2016 draft, Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones are top five picks. They have to be. There's no way, like in a redo mock draft, they go lower than that. They just don't. <sighs> Listen, man, uh, I, I, Chris Jones deserves what he's asking for. He just might not get it here. And a lot of the playoff championship contending teams might not have the funds for that right now. You know who? You know who? Um, you know who does have the funds for it? The Texans, the Raiders. Um, the Cardinals, teams that are expected to finish damn near last, okay? If you're Chris Jones, I guess you got to make a choice. Do you think you can really survive off 20, 25 million a year? And maybe even after your playing career? Or do you really need that 30 to 32 million dollars? I don't know. Uh, maybe you could take a, um, maybe you could take a, uh, a deal and value championship. Travis Kelsey gave an interview to Vanity Fair and talked about how, you know, Tyree Kill is making two to three times more than what he's making, but he's valuing Travis Kelsey, that is, is valuing championships over that. And listen, Travis Kelsey is getting endorsements off the field, a lot of them. Uh, so is Chris Jones. Maybe not as much as Kelsey and Mahomes, but he's still out there getting big deals uh, outside of the outside of the gridiron. So I don't know, man. I don't know his situation. I don't know why he is in need to demand what he needs, but um, that he he certainly has a, a, the 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 leverage for it. That's for damn sure. Scott's asking, uh, do you play fantasy football? No, I don't. I'm not a big fantasy guy. It's the man. I, when I played, I would always forget to set my lineups. Like that was an indication that fantasy football just was not for me. All right, real quickly, before we get out of here, big thanks to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. If you're a first-time customer, use the promo code Farzine. You get $20 off. So if you want to go to a sporting event, you want to go to a, a comedy show, a, a Broadway show, a concert, if the tickets are available on SeatGeek.com, go use my promo code Farzine. Get yourself $20 off your first purchase. Again, this is only 
for first-time customers. So if you've never purchased from SeatGeek.com, you are eligible to use a promo code Farzine for $20 off. Also, shout-outs to Manscaped. They've got a lot of great products over at Manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 4.0, the Beard Hedger, uh, the uh, the Weed Whacker. So many great products over at Manscaped.com. Their best product to me is the Lawnmower 4.0. Below the belt grooming. Yes, gentlemen, we've all had those below the belt accidental cuts. You know what's so cool about Manscaped is they have their skin safe technology. I've always said this is one of the greatest inventions in the world. This really helps reduce below the belt accidental cuts this absolutely does that so if you get yourself the lawnmower 4.0 you'll see exactly what i'm talking about trust me i would not lie to you guys and i'll tell you what i know their products can be a bit up there uh, in uh, in uh, in the price range but you can use my promo code farzine20 and you'll get 20 percent off and not just that you will get free shipping in the United States. So if you want to get yourself a Manscaped product, then you know me, I'm, I'm recommending the Lawnmower 4.0. Go out there, put my promo code Farzine20 for 20% off and free shipping. Take advantage of that while you can and get yourself the Lawnmower, some Lawnmower 4.0 or other great Manscaped products. Check them out over at manscaped.com. All right, that'll do it for this episode of The Chief Zone. Big thanks to all of you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of The Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. A reminder, our Red Friday live chat will take place Friday as usual. So join me for that. And uh, we'll also do our pregame live chat for Saturday against the Cardinals. We'll also do a halftime live stream. Also do our postgame live stream slash postgame podcast show where we will recap the game between the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Until then, I'm Farzee Masugi, and thank you guys again for downloading and listening to the Chiefs Zone. Subscribe, let your friends know about it. I'm out. Peace.